Welcome to Step Monster. I'm Bailey and this is Elise. We're two friends who found each other by chance and haven't looked back since. In this podcast, we talk about the highs and lows of what it's like to truly be a stepmom. Grab a drink and join us for this wild ride. Hello, Step Monsters. Welcome back. We are super excited to be chatting with you all today and have a couple topics in mind and a couple things that have just come up throughout the week that we wanted to make sure we brought to light. Uh, one of them was the feeling of sort of imposter syndrome and whether that is in your personal life, professional life, or as a stepmom. And then we've had a lot of new questions lately from new stepmoms. So just wondering, what advice do you have if someone is brand new or you're dating someone with kids and you want to sort of be as prepared as you possibly can be, which I'll tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're miles ahead of where Elise and I were when we first, first started dating a man with kids. So kudos to you already. But that's what we're going to cover today. But I wanted to start out, I have just kind of like a funny little work story from the week. So for those that don't know, I work for an ad tech company, so a technology company in the advertising space. I'm their VP of product marketing. And prior to this job, I had worked in advertising agencies for the majority of my career. And while I had had clients where I did product marketing work for them, I had never been in a true product marketing role. And if you know anything about product marketing, you know it has this kind of like weird regimented way of doing things. And when I applied for the job, I had been a user of this particular technology for almost 10 years. So I was a really heavy user of the product. I knew the product and all of its competitors really well, had used competitors. So it was I had experience from that perspective, but I had no traditional product marketing background. So I applied to the job on a whim and was like, yeah, they probably won't hire me. But lo and behold, they offered me the job and I took it. And since I got there, it's been about six months now. And I've just, I've kind of struggled with feeling a little bit like an imposter somewhat because I had never done product marketing. And I knew the people that they were interviewing in addition to me were people that had 15 years of product marketing experience. And I'm like, why why did you choose me? (laughs) This just feels weird. But so I've been kind of busting my butt and learning a lot and really leaning into a great team that I have. And this week we had the first of our product launches since I've been here that I got to see through from like start to finish. And the feedback that I got from that was so sweet. Like messages from our CFO and messages from all sorts of people throughout the org just saying how thrilled they are that I was there and that the work that my team was doing was was rock solid. So I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> if only stepmoms could get that kind of validation on a regular basis from people, we would be much happier humans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I can't even imagine as a stepmom. I mean, every once in a while you get like the, I love you. Like the first time the kids really like I don't know, give you any sort of recognition with affectionate validation. I remember the first time I got like the happy mother's day and I feel bad for stepmoms that don't ever get any of that because it's like just that one little thing makes such a big difference. And like, they could never say it again, but for the one time and Oh, by the way, I have to backtrack for a second and say, I'm not shocked that you're getting that recognition at work because even on a professional level, the podcast that we do together is vastly different than, well, I guess it's not vastly different, but like we're friends who do something semi-professional together, but that we're both very passionate about. And the amount of 
things that you do behind the scenes for the podcast (laughs) show like things that you're interested in. And once you are motivated, I'm sure even if you're not motivated, you do a lot more than what most people do. So I'm not shocked that you're fucking killing it at work. Excuse my language. (laughs) You're forgiven. No, but running a podcast is no joke, man. There's, there's also just so much passion behind what we do because I still feel like even though there are a lot more stepmom podcasts and resources now than there was even two years ago when we started, it's still not enough. And you can still listen to almost every single stepmom podcast episode and find yourself wanting more because there's there's just not enough. So I, it's, a, it's a passion project for me too, but it is a lot of freaking work. Yeah, agreed. And it's funny because when we started the Amazon shop, our, our just for anyone who's unfamiliar link on our bio, you guys can find all the stuff that we are into and Bailey put in some stepmom resources. And one of them is a book step monster, which I think is like one of the first books that I had read trying to get a grasp on what is this situation? How do I navigate it? What do I do? Because there's really not, well, I think there's a little bit more now, but it's just not widely talked about and it's kind of like faux pas, but it shouldn't be because 50% of marriages now are second marriages, which it's like, it's a pretty common thing. It's not like it was 20 years ago where, Oh, you got divorced and the stigma behind that. And then, Oh, you're remarried. And what does that look like? But no, I agree with you. And I think it's kind of interesting since we started the podcast, we both have transitioned careers and I completely get it. I went from construction to tech and to this day, cause it's what, like nine months in, I'll be on a call with a customer and thank God I have a security engineer that understands our solutions and has been there for 10 years, but fake it till you make it is a hundred percent my motto. <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> I'm sure you're doing great as well. No surprise. Which <laughs> is fun. Sometimes it's fun to switch it up. So it is. Good. I agree. On the kind of imposter syndrome note and just like, I don't know, it got me thinking about things that I feel like people wish they knew when they were getting into a stepmom role. So I wanted to unpack a little bit with you because it's been a while. We did a, an episode about new stepmoms and like getting into a relationship with a someone with kids a long time ago. But I feel like a lot has changed and we've probably evolved and our listeners have evolved a little bit as well. Hopefully they've gotten better and healthier stepmoms after having listened to us and all the other great podcasts out there. But when it comes to, so like, let's say if you were someone, so you're in, in a relationship with someone, you know, they have kids, you haven't met the kids yet. What would be your advice for meeting the kids for the first time? That's a really great question. I think making sure that the kids are fully aware, step one. And I say these things, not that they didn't transpire when I met my stepkids, but just as things that I think it's important if your significant other isn't being cognizant about it, how to make it the best situation for the kids. And it's funny, I was listening to some of our first podcast episodes earlier in the week, just to kind of go back and like reminisce. And then the episode that we had our husbands on, they talked about this, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we met the kids and things didn't go well, they wouldn't have said it to us. They say it now because they know how that ends, but you may not continue on in the relationship if the kids don't like you. Well, which is, it's really different too, for like, if, 
It's different for a husband to say that or a significant other to say that when it's like first meeting and the kid's like, yeah, absolutely not on this person versus when you're already married for the husband to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to divorce you because my kids all of a sudden decided they don't like you, even though they're 14 and absolute heathens to every human on the planet right now, which if you listen to the last minisode, you will know what we're talking about there. But that's different. But you're right. And none, neither of them said it. But they both most definitely would have been like, yeah, maybe this isn't the relationship for me if my kids are giving red flags. Well, and I say that to say that I'm sure there are also instances where the kids are just having a hard time with accepting that their parent is moving on with someone that's not their other parent. And so you got to weigh some of those factors, but I think the first meeting is super important. So making sure that the kids are aware in advance, here's the plan, here's what's going to happen. And that they know like dad or mom are seeing someone else and they really love this person. They think that they're going to be a great asset to the family. They wouldn't introduce them if it weren't someone that they were very serious about. So setting all of those expectations with the kids and also making sure that those are valid things, right? That you have known each other long enough and gone through a bit of a, a relationship that is kind of on the trajectory where it's going to be a long-term thing. Yeah, totally. I I agree with that. I think also when you're meeting his or her kids for the first time, making sure that you're not forcing it, right? Your your only goal then is just for them to get to know the real you and for them to have fun, whatever you're doing. And I highly recommend your first meeting not be something like dinner, be something even possibly in a like larger group setting. Maybe you're going to watch a baseball game, or maybe you're going bowling with the kids and a couple other people that you guys have as mutual friends that the kids already know. So there's some level of familiarity. That I think was one thing that we did. I mean, my husband and I worked together and we were at softball games together and his kids were there on occasion. So his kids kind of already knew who I was. So by the time it came for us to introduce me in a more relationship type way. It wasn't like I was this weird stranger that they didn't know. And I recognize that everybody has an opportunity to do that. But in even just a group setting, even if it's like a birthday party that you you come to and, and the kids are there, I just I think that sometimes eases some of the pressure and the tension versus dinner or I, I feel the same way about first dates back way back when when I was dating, I was like, absolutely no dinner on a first date. It's too much of a commitment. It's too much too many things could go wrong on a first date when you're doing dinner together. Like, how do you handle the pay thing? And what if he's awkward? And what if he treats the server like shit? I mean, there's just, there's way too much that can go wrong in that setting. So just eliminate all of those potential issues. <laughs> also, things you need to know immediately. Like, if they treat a server poorly, bye. But that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I also agree with you. So when we did... I just think dinner puts a lot of pressure or something where you're like sitting stagnant because there's going to be like nervous energy, right? So when I met my stepkids, we did something out in public. It was at this really pretty um, botanic garden that we've got in Chicago. So it was like very fluid and like everyone can move around and there's different things to look at and you don't feel confined and trapped, right? I also, I'm kind of curious 
And I think sometimes had I met the kids when they were older, teenage years or adults, what does that look like? And like, how do you, are we still doing something kind of similar or we, I think then like a baseball game, right. Or some sort of sporting event would be a great idea. Yeah. Age appropriate. I mean, I've got to imagine meeting stepkids when they're adults is kind of a whole new layer of complexity. I mean, your hope would be that because they're adults, they can be more mature about the situation. But I gotta tell you, there's some stories that we've had in our DMs that say the complete opposite of that. And I find myself wondering, so a lot of people stay married for the kids, right? They're that's like their mantra. Like I'm going to stay married for my kids. And then I would be curious to look at the data. I haven't yet, but I definitely will be looking at the data around this. But how many parents get divorced after their kids turn 18 and go to college or go move out of the house? Because if you're an adult kid and let's say you're 20, you've all you've known your whole life is your parents are married. And most of the time, I feel like they're maybe decent at faking happiness so that when that divorce happens as an adult kid, it can be really jarring and shocking. And there's no expectation about, they don't know how long is too long for their parents to go just like being alone and like how soon is too soon for them to be start, like start dating when all they've known is their nuclear family the whole time. So I feel like I've heard so many mixed stories on adult stepkids. I just, I wouldn't even know where to begin other than just the basics. Don't try to force anything. Your significant other should set the tone with their kids ahead of time that this is someone that I care deeply about. I'm not asking for you to call them any sort of official name of any kind. I'm not asking for you to love them. I'm just saying this is someone that I care about and I want you to meet them. And that's it. Just like very open expectations. Yeah, I love that. And actually, so... My dad's parents got divorced when he was in college. I think he was like 20. So I should pick his brain because you my, should. So my grandmother got remarried. Long story short, he ended up, once they got married, was super abusive. And then his daughter had a lot of issues and ended up committing suicide. But she had formulated a pretty close relationship with my grandmother. Anywho, and then my grandpa was like serial dater And I think I even met, oh gosh, because I would have been like probably 10. No, I would have been like seven or eight. And then I was like 12 when he married my grandmother he's married to now. But I met like some of the women he dated. And I remember them like coming, like Karen was one of their names. And I loved, yeah, no, but I loved Karen. Karen was great. Like my mom even laughs now because she's like, she came over for Thanksgiving and you sat on her lap and like would not leave her alone. (laughs) That's adorable. So I was like pissed when my grandpa broke up with Karen, but I'm curious and I've never asked my dad, A, what did they tell you? B, what did that feel like for you? And I know it was very hurtful for him. And still when he talks about it, he sometimes gets emotional, but like how, like what did your dad say to you before he introduced you to these women or like brought these women to like our holidays in like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hey, here they are. Isn't that so funny to think about that now from your dad's perspective? You're like, wait a minute. He was probably somewhat traumatized by that. And I wonder how he reacted to these women. Cause yeah, I mean, when your parents get divorced, 
after all you've known for 20 plus years is them being happy and married and all of a sudden that changes. He was always, if I remember correctly, very engaging with these women and seemingly happy to have them around. My step-grandmother now is crazy as sin. So like they butt heads, but he does his best to try to keep the peace with her. And I get some of her angst because my grandpa's kind of a a hard person. He's very strong willed and his way is the right way. And he thinks that's just how it should be. But I don't know how she's put up with him for 25 years is what I'm saying. So, but yeah, I've never outside of that, I've never heard my dad say anything negative about any of these relationships or situations. So gosh, I got to ask him. I'll spill the tea next time. I'm interested to hear about it. I know. I almost want to call him right now and like put him on speakerphone and be like, hey, listen, but yeah, let's not do that. Okay. So outside of adult stepkids, so meeting the stepkids, fine, got that down. I have to tell you about this DM that I got this week that I think I gave her advice that she probably wasn't expecting to hear from me, but I was like, that's fine. She messaged me and she was like, hey, I have been dating my boyfriend for three years now. We're getting ready to move in together. And I'm starting to move some of my stuff in. Official move-in date is a week from now. I'm really excited. The kids seem excited, she said. But I went into my soon-to-be stepdaughter's room the other day and found she had like rummaged through some old like photo albums and stuff. And on her desk in her bedroom, she had her the wedding photo of her mom and her dad and a family photo of the four of them, not stepmom. So mom, dad, brother, sister on her desk. And she said, my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, that's so uncomfortable. And I was immediate like I, I felt hurt by that and felt like by her doing that, she meant that I wasn't a part of the family and that she saw them as more of a family than she saw me. She's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm going to give you some tough advice here because I'm willing to bet you're not, you don't want to hear this, but you got to hear it anyways. I just told her, I was like, listen, I think the girl was eight. I said, she's probably still grieving the only family that she knew growing up. And while three years is a long time, sure, three years is when you're eight years old. I mean, time is such a weird concept when you're young too. I said, she probably still doesn't understand how to, how to navigate no longer having the only person that she knew is her mom in their house. And the idea of maybe even having someone new in the house. I said, that's, those are a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings and a lot of thinking for an eight-year-old to be able to successfully unpack. And I said, I don't think reacting to that in a negative way is going to get the result that you're hoping for. And if it were me, I mean, there were times when my stepkids would like go on vacation with their mom or something, and this was after I had already moved in, but they would come back and they would want to show pictures of stuff, or they would want to show pictures that they had taken with their mom. And my response, even though sometimes depending on the situation, it like a little bit crushed me inside. I would be like, wow, it looks like you were having a really fun time or wow, you two look really pretty or just trying to encourage. Because again, you have to remember like the idea of a kid having a good relationship with their mom is a healthy one, regardless of your feelings about it. So you have to encourage 
them to want to talk to you about that and to want to share and to want to be open, even though it might make you uncomfortable. And so I just told her, I was like, you know, next time you're in a room, if you're hanging out, I think you can just say, wow, that's a really nice picture of your family or wow, that's a really pretty photo of your mom and dad. And just make her feel comfortable appreciating that relationship, even though it no longer exists. But I'm curious to hear what your advice would have been on that. I wish someone would have told me this 10 years ago because my husband, God bless his soul. He understood the importance of that and the importance of creating a good relationship between his daughters and their mom, regardless of the situation between him and her. So he had photos and I don't know how it came about, but like, it was just a photo of each of the kids with their mom that he had printed out and framed to hang up in their room. That was very hard for me. This happened before I moved into the house. And one of the things that I regret is I think at some point when I had lived there for like a year, I took the photos down. I, we like redecorated the rooms and I just kind of quietly thinking no one would notice. We redecorated the rooms, the photos came down and they never went back up. Now that's one of the things that I'm like, that was a huge fail on my part. And like an ego thing for me that I couldn't let it go. Cause I do think they never said it, but I'm sure that hurt their feelings. And now seeing it from a different lens. God, if I had a time machine and could go back and look at myself and be like, why the fuck do you care? It's a picture and it's their mom. And like, who cares? But just with all the angst and everything happening, I was too much in my feels about everything that was transpiring that was out of my control. That was like, I didn't want her picture in in my house. And that was a fail. Totally. So don't be like me. And do that because you're going to regret it in the long run. Yeah. I feel the same way too. I mean, moving into, and I don't, I don't know about you. I think you did as well, but I had moved into the house that they had all lived in together. And she was technically still part owner on the house when I moved into it. And I, I felt this like weird desire and like very urgent desire to change everything that reminded me of there having been a family there before I was there. And my husband, I mean, I think she took a pretty decent amount of like the decorations and my husband, bless his heart, made an attempt to to decorate in the absence of like pictures that were on the wall that were probably of the family or things like that that had been taken down. So it was a little bit less family feeling, but I mean, there still was little things here and there or like, you know, little girly baskets where I'm like, yeah, zero chance my husband picked that out. And definite chance that that was something that was left behind that she just decided she didn't want. And I'm like, well, shit, I don't want it either. And I mean, we still to this day have the bedroom furniture in our new house that they had when they were married and were gearing up to move at some point next year. And I told my husband, I was like, that is the last piece. And I mean, the furniture is kind of falling apart a little bit on the nightstands now anyway. So it's definitely time to let it go. But I'm like, that's the last piece of that, that I can close the chapter on. But it was hard. I mean, I think you can, you can find ways to make a home feel like your own and to make it feel like 
you're not a stranger there, but just to Elise's point, like be, be cautious, right? You don't have to, you don't have to change everything. It's already a lot of change for the kids, especially for someone else. That's not their mom moving into a house with them, whatever your custody situation is like in whatever home you're moving into. So being the mature one out of the group when you can, and just remembering that you don't have to change everything, I think is one that, yeah, I mean, even I wish I could have maybe slow rolled some of that a little bit because I I did, I felt like such an urgent sense to change so many things all at once. Yeah. And I also think being aware that just because kids are mourning the fact that their parents are no longer together and what that family lifestyle could have looked like for them. And like, even as they grow up and they see their friends who their families are intact and they don't have to deal with the going back and forth and the stress that that causes. Like, I think that's going to be a constant thing, right? Like, I don't think that they're ever going to fully get over that. There's always going to be a piece of them. And I'm speaking maybe to something that you can talk more about, but that will wonder in the back of their mind, because I even do it with my grandparents. When I see them, like last weekend, I was at my nephew's birthday party and they were both there. And I think when they're in the same room, do they ever regret decisions that they made? Because they're so cordial now that like in their old age, they're like, we probably could have made it work. I mean, shit, we were married for 25 years. So I think like the more that you can be cognizant of, it's just a thing for the kids. And like, it doesn't mean that they don't like you necessarily. It's just inherently in the nature of the situation. Yeah, I think we... And I mean, this is me included too, especially after we had moved in together and and the kids started to get into their teen and tween years. I think I expected too much from them and expected them to be able to process emotions that they maybe were or were not talking about better than they could. And I I know for a fact, I mean, particularly the the disparity between our two households in terms of just rules and lifestyle and food and everything under the sun. I forgot often how hard it must have been to basically pack up your life and move to a completely different household every single week. And I mean, even now, I mean, my husband and I have a a condo in Denver and we're here now until Veterans Day when we go back to Phoenix. And even just like being in a different place, I already feel disrupted. And then we're here for three months. (laughs) I can't imagine having that feeling of change and not feeling settled for like every single freaking week. I mean, that would be exhausting. And kids do not have the mental capacity to be able to process that the same way an adult does. They just don't. So I think lowering your expectations for what a kid can handle emotionally is the best advice that I would give Bailey eight years ago. (laughs) I agree. And if a kid is telling you that they want to spend more time with the other parent, accept it. I think I spent so much time trying to figure out why versus just letting it happen because maybe they want to be like just settled in one place for a longer period of time versus like having to feel like they're packing in and then packing out over and over with this crazy schedules that some of these courts allow for custody. 
Also, not to sidetrack, but can you please tell the story of the video that you sent me today and what my response was living in Chicago and then what your mom (laughs) said living in Arizona? Yes. So again, we're in Denver right now. And today was the first day of of the season, I think, that it snowed. And again, I'm from Arizona, so snow to me is like a big deal. And so I went out on our patio and I took a video and I sent it to my mom, who currently lives in Phoenix. And I said, wow, look, it's snowing. And I sent it to Elise and said, hey, look, it's snowing. My mom responds back immediately and is like, oh, my gosh, it's so pretty. And look at all the fall colors. And Elise's response is, oh, my God, leave immediately. <laughs> I hate the winter time. Like, good Lord. I mean, it was it's really cold today. Very cold. Well, it's funny because, like, you're trying to transition to more of, like, the climate I'm in. And I'm trying to transition to the climate that you're in. (laughs) So there's something to be said about the grass is not always greener. So like, I don't know, maybe we should just collectively move to like Nashville or somewhere (laughs) that's intermediate between these two drastic climates. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to bring up, and of course, I mean, and being a new stepmom, there's so many things that we could talk about. But the one thing that comes up pretty consistently is the obvious one. It's the bio mom. And what do you do when it comes to her? And do you try to befriend her? Do you try to get involved in parenting decisions? And what if she hates your guts? Or what if she wants to be best friends and wants to only communicate through you because she can't communicate with your now significant other? I mean, there's there's so many different scenarios there. But starting off with, if you have to meet her for the first time, how do you handle that? You're eventually going to have to meet her. So just accept that. I think be cordial, be kind. Don't have any expectations. Just be who you are. You're going to be nervous because it's terrifying. I'm not going to sugarcoat that for you. But it's going to be okay. Whether she yeah. likes you or she doesn't like you, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I I agree. I would say again, same advice as with the kids, like don't force it, right? Don't try to don't go out of your way to make an uncomfortable situation already even more uncomfortable. And if for some reason your bare minimum cordialness is met with any sort of negative reaction, I would say just just back off. Just accept it for what it is. You don't have to react. You don't have to respond. Just back back away and just let it be, I think is is the best situation. Too many times I hear stepmoms say that they were at a school function with bio mom and she's going off and then she stepmom feels like she has to go off. I'm like, no, dude, do not feed the troll. You just, you cannot, you cannot react if she's doing that. It's going to look worse on her than it is on you if she's the one lashing out. Yeah. And frankly, I would completely remove myself from the situation if, and thankfully I've never been in a situation where that's transpired in front of the kids, but I would walk away. And then also I would say to my husband, not my circus, not my monkeys, you have to deal with this, but I don't need to insert myself where a I'm not wanted and B it's going to cause stress. So like, do you need to go to that thing? Probably not. Are you going to feel like you're missing out? Probably. But are you going to be so much less stressed? Just not going hundred percent. 
Yeah, there, I can't remember. I want to say it was when my stepdaughter was like seventh or eighth grade. She was in the chorus and my husband plays guitar and he, they at some point in chorus decided they wanted to have like live music with it. And so my husband would go and like practice with the kids and then would go play a guitar for their concert, which was absolutely adorable. (laughs) But I remember my stepdaughter, it was one of like the last ones. So she must've been in eighth grade where we were talking about she's excited for the concert. And she said to me, she was like, yeah, but it's going to be awkward with you and my mom there. And I was like, well, crap. I'm like, do you want, you want me to stay home? I'm like, I can, I can have someone video it for me and I can watch it afterwards. And she was like, no, I still want you to go. But I didn't really think about how that might feel for them. Like if they're in a playing a sports game, if they're having to perform of some kind and just already having nerves around performance in general. And then you layer on the fact that it might be awkward having both your mom and stepmom there. (laughs) I wish that that wouldn't have been the case, but we made it through many a sporting events without any awkward blowups or anything like that. Well, and even if the kids are remotely aware that there's angst between the two households, I think it's hard for them, right? So they feel a commitment to one or both parents. And if they show any capacity of appreciation or love towards the other house, well, it's like, is mom or dad watching and does that upset them? So I think you have to really like think about and put yourself in the kid's shoes, which again, I wish I would have had someone tell me these things when I was fresh because it's hard. It's super hard as a step parent because you want to be, I'm here. We have this great family, but you don't, you don't need that in public, right? You don't, you don't need it. You don't need yeah. to showcase your life to the world. Agreed. And then okay, unless so, you're on a podcast, unless you're on a podcast, <laughs> in which case you are mostly required to do that <laughs> and may or may not get backlash because of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so last scenario here, which is totally on the flip side, but still something that happens more often than I expected it to is where the bio mom wants to be besties. And I'm always cautious of the intention behind these stories when they come my way. I'm like, tread lightly, do not trust, don't show all your cards here because you don't know the intention. And sure, there's a possibility that her intentions are totally pure. And she's just realized, hey, you're a good person. And I'm thankful that my ex has chosen a good person to be in my kids' lives because I recognize the value in that. Although I will say very rarely is an ex possible of that level of maturity, especially when it comes to their kids. Like there's just, there's too many feelings involved. So I always tell people it's better just, you can be cordial. And if you have to communicate, keep it in writing only, keep it bare minimum, but you shouldn't be friends, even if you want to be. I really feel strongly about that. I slightly disagree with you there only because when I know this is like 1% of blended families, but my friend who I've mentioned before, and she's been on our podcast, she has a really good relationship with mom and mom has been on our podcast. So like, Oh yes. Okay. I know what friend you're talking about. now. Yeah. (laughs) And like we go out together, like she comes out on girls nights with us. I know her well. And That works, but here's the other piece, the caveat to that. 
my friend feels like since she has such a good relationship with mom, sometimes she gets steamrolled. So it'll be like, well, mom can't make this work. I have to do X, Y, and Z. And she gets put into situations where she has to do a lot more than what should be required of, of a stepmom. And she's asked to contribute a lot more than what would be required of a stepmom, whether it be time, finances, whatever. And that gets stressful, right? Because there's they have a lot of kids. There's like four kids involved in the blended family. And so a lot of some of these things get put on her. Or if there's angst between dad and mom, mom is bitching to her. And like wants her to take a side. Ooh, see, this is, this further supports my point that you can be cordial. You should not be friends for all of the reasons you just listed. <laughs> but I think you can have a boundary, right? Like yeah. if, if mom is cool and mom is of the mindset that let's have a friendship, let's make this work because it's only going to benefit, I think, the kids to see two strong women or even two strong men who can like get past their bullshit and make things work and be cordial and do blended family things together. But you have to have boundaries. You can't just willy nilly. Yeah. And I pulled that out. You can't willy, you can't be willy nilly. You got to have boundaries and you have to like be verbal about your boundaries and what those are. I'm sorry. I'm 12 years old. You just said willy and pull out in the same sentence. And I (laughs) clearly I'm ready for dinner. So I didn't even, yeah, didn't even put two and two together. On that note, I think that's a great place to end. (laughs) And we can wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. So like we mentioned earlier, we have some new things to check out on social with our Amazon shop with things that Bailey and I both love. I pulled stuff from our Amazon previous orders that my husband loves and enjoys. So if you need some gift ideas, Bailey's amazing with gifts and put in some serious thought and effort there. And always remember, you can leave us reviews wherever you listen. Please leave us reviews. We love those. Yeah. Even if they're, even if you're like, F you guys, you're terrible. You know what? Honesty is the best policy. (laughs) Just give us some constructive feedback if you're going to do that, please. Yes. Be helpful. (laughs) For sure. But as always, thanks for listening. We can't wait to catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.